Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Well, welcome, everyone. <laughs> also, speaking of lens, guys, I have news. Your what? girl is getting actual glasses, prescription glasses. Oh, oh. dang. Wait. Welcome to the club. Were those not, mm-hmm. pres- those were just like blue light? light? Oh, mm-hmm. just blue light. But now you're getting prescriptions. I'm getting prescription glasses because I was watching the musical Boop, and I was only maybe 20 rows back, and my eyes were blurring, and I said, I got to get this fixed. Oh, damn. And they told me I have stigmatism in both of my eyes, but oh, wow. doubly bad in my left eye. And mm. so I'm getting some, getting some glasses, y'all. I got some cute frames. I'm very excited. They're supposed to come uh, in about a week, so... That's great. Nice. Woohoo. I will join the club of actual lenses. Yeah. And then we can talk horror even more and it'll be even more exciting. (laughs) (laughs) But today, yes. Do you wear contacts too? Are you getting contacts? Sorry, I'm I'm going deeper into this lens rabbit. No, I love it. I am actually going to get contacts right now. I bought two frames, which also, why are frames so expensive? My God. And I, but I'm going to get contacts eventually. I want to just try off the glasses for a second, but I found a really great eye doctor in Chicago. So I will get Mm. contacts before I leave Chicago and then wear them for the show. So, cause Eliza can't wear glasses, unfortunately, even though that might Mm. be really cool, but. Sure. (laughs) Um, Have you, do you know I buy direct? No. So this is not an ad. I just want everyone to know that this is. (laughs) This is not a setup for an ad. We are genuinely but helping to keep I it out. I fucking wish. If you want to sponsor me, <laughs> I buy direct. I have about 25 pairs of your glasses, and I will happily accept a sponsorship. Okay. Every single pair of glasses that I own is from I buy direct. They have great deals. Um, they always do like BOGOs constantly. Love a BOGO. And like their, their frames range in price, but they're all like good quality. They have like the like these kinds that we're all wearing. <laughs> they have the like more metal ones, um, all kinds of styles. They have sunglasses. You can get prescription. You can get blue light. Ooh. Brian's trying all of his glasses. I love um, it. You can do prescription. You do blue light. You can do transition lenses. Mm-hmm. Um, Which so they like did ask me you about. Want them. Oh, and it's yeah. really well priced. It's yeah, excellent. and it's I as an E Y E. I buy direct. That's what I figured. I just looked yeah. it up. Uh, I have it yeah. saved now. It's on my tab. It's one of my tabs now. It's great. Yeah. It's on that's a dangerous website. Once you go down that yeah. rabbit hole of glasses, as I can attest to, uh, there's no coming out. I mean, I'm excited because one f- frame was two hundred and fifty dollars, but they were very cute, and so I just went on ahead and, and got them. And then, of course, I had to get my um, 
Tina Belcher uh, esque <laughs> frames. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. Because of course. Bob's Burgers mm-hmm. is my life, uh, if you guys don't know. So, yes, I will definitely look at uh, I Buy Direct, though, because that yeah. is very exciting. Again, it's Remember, this is I Buy Direct, if you're listening to us, um, <laughs> we would love to be sponsored. Um, but this is not an ad. Thanks. If you if you've seen me on YouTube, perhaps uh, mm-hmm. you know that I am always rocking a different. It's you know usually some fun pair of glasses, but these ones are teal. Yeah. I think they're called the Holly. I don't know why I remember them. That's the level of chaotic in my brain Holly. of how many bla- glasses I purchased from them. Yes, um, <laughs> I love that. Perfect for the holiday me. season. Exactly. Tis the season because my gosh, Christmas is coming up round the bend. Oh my God. I was, I was right. They are called Holly. What's wrong with my brain? I can't, I don't know how to do math, but I remember the name of these stupid glasses. Because glasses Uh. are life. Like (laughs) lenses are are life. And if you're going to get a good Uh. deal, we're millennials. We always want a good deal. Give us a bogo. We'll never forget. Oh my God. So many bogos. So many. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, speaking of Holly, tis the season because today, lads and lasses, we're talking about the 2015 <laughs> Christmas horror comedy film, Krampus. It was almost Christmas, but this Christmas was darker, less cheerful. But I still believed in Santa, in magic. And miracles. And the hope that we could find joy again. But our village had given up on miracles and on each other. They had forgotten the spirit of Christmas, the sacrifice of giving. And my family was no different. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Do we need jingle bells? Ding, ding, but like sad jingle bells? Dun, dun, Is that a dun, thing? Yeah, dun, can you dun, get jingle dun, bells in a minor dun, key? Dun, 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 dun. I like that. I like what Jamie's scary? doing. That's yeah. true. Add a little yeah, yeah. gravel to it. I love a little growl moment. Yeah. That's exciting times. Yes. <laughs> well, of course, y'all, like, tis the season. Uh, well, we're a horror podcast, but Halloween is in our souls. So, yes, of course. 365 days. We are always going to give you all the horror, all the time, but now Christmas edition. Horror. Christmas. Scary. So, yes. Wow. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but thank you for going with it, Jamie. I yeah. uh, appreciate You're the welcome. support. <laughs> so Krampus was directed by Michael Doherty, and it stars a one Adam Scott, our resident scream queen, Tony Collette, uh, David Kegner, um, Allison Tolman, Conchata Farrell, MJ Anthony, uh, Stephania Lavi Owen, Krista Stadler, and introducing Lolo Owen. So obviously heavy spoilers for Krampus. If you have not seen it, Jamie, please give us all the trigger warnings. Yes, this is a creepy Christmas movie. Ooh, creepy. Not your normal Christmas movie. Ooh. <laughs> um, so am I, can, am I correct to guess that this movie is PG-13? It has to be. Um, because there, there's some like, I don't even know how to describe it, disturbing 
puppets that it, it is page 13 that because you i was gonna say like it's not insides on the outside right really but there are like disturbing like puppety creatures that are attacking people um and like eating people yeah like, but you don't like scene, yeah. re- you don't really see like bites being taken out of people right. you see like a foot go into a mouth after the rest <laughs> of the body did as well like an entire hu- like person consumed uh yes like stuff like that or like a, a scary jack in the box and then like cuts to like you know, a car shaking. Like you, yeah. like all the kills I feel like are off screen. Someone gets like two people get dumped into like a fiery pit of hell. Uh, a bunch mm. of people get sucked into the snow. Mm-hmm. Um, like all the, the evil do- like toys and stuff like are about to attack someone and then it like cuts away. So like you don't, I don't think you see a single kill in this movie if I'm not mistaken. No. No, but no and one not really even does. Blood. Just lots yeah. of blinking. Uh, everyone's taken. Yeah, they're just, yeah, I guess that's fair. Or swallowed. They are all taken. <laughs> yes. Yeah, swallowed. this, ugh, ugh. Um, so if you don't like people being swallowed, um, there's also a lot of, like, practical puppetry happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this is, again, this is for me specifically. If you don't like puppets, um, here's your <laughs> trigger warning. Um just like creatures and and things like that, big sharp teeth, uh, lots of creepy tongues licking things. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, maybe ugh. maybe too many. Um, Agreed. Uh, disturbing gingerbread cookies. Um, the Jack in the Box, I think, is the worst one. Evil elves. Um, and uh, is that it? They reference which war do they reference? World War Two. Yeah, I think yes. so. Mm-hmm. Um, there's references to hell. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's, there's also anything the, the, did else. You just mentioned the evil teddy bear. Oh yeah, there's an evil teddy bear. Like every toy that you can think of, like that would be under the Christmas tree, is evil. Is um, evil. Is attacking and people like, with sharp teeth. Also, I mean, this is like spoilers as well, but like trigger warning, like they don't spare any children. Like, everybody is, like, equally being chased and consumed. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we'll get into all of that. But that definitely um, warrants a PG-13 rating. Because, at, yeah. like, the only blood that you see is um, just when what uh, David Kettner's character is – Gets He's bitten bit. by the, on the leg. Yeah. yeah. And like, that's, that's like the, the only, only wound. Yeah. I think. And you don't even see really the bite. Like, it's like he's get, yeah. he gets bitten underneath the snow and then they pull yeah. him out. And then it you blows. see then, a little of the aftermath of like them trying to clean the wound. Right. Yeah. But you do see Adam Scott get stabbed by the robot. Oh, yeah. 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 But that was more of like it kept hitting him. And then you see Tony Collette yank it out of him. Sure. Yeah. So it's not, very, there, there was very little impact. Yeah. That's seen. A, a lot of the shots I feel like are cut away, or you see the aftermath of some of the things. Which is good for people if you don't want, you know, extra scary things. I think this is definitely appropriate for 
um, uh, like people who child, don't want a lot of, kidding. right. I was going <laughs> to, I was going to say young child. I was like, no, but it's appropriate if you don't like a lot of gore, you know, and, but you want something a little on the, on the, the scary, creepy side. Like, I think this is a good fit, uh, for you. If that's your, if that's your vibe, if you're dipping your toe in the horror world, the, the Christmas horror world, then this is a good one for you. Okay. Before we get into all of this though, producer Brian, do you have some words for us? Yeah, absolutely. Hi, everybody. Producer Brian here. Um, uh, You can find us on YouTube if you're listening. You can watch us. Hi, everybody. Hello. Um, Very excited for uh, you to see us there. Um, In addition to that, uh, you can uh, find us on social media at Talk Horror Pod on places like TikTok, on places like Twitter, on places like Instagram. So follow us there, of course. Um, we are doing some fun stuff there. We're reviewing, uh, uh, movies outside of the ones we do on the podcast. So, uh, check it out there for our suggestions and stuff like that. Fantastic. Well, have you guys watched anything new lately? Because I have, uh, but you tell me yours. No, you go first. Go for it. Okay. Well, I finally, finally, uh, to get ready for our end of the year thing, watched the perfect combination that is Homelander from The Boys and Janice Ian from <laughs> Mean Girls. Oh, I watched you Cobweb. watched Cobweb. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. What a time I had <laughs> watching this in the late night hours by myself. And I definitely had nightmares uh, after but I'm really excited because I'm sure that we probably will talk about it on our end of the year Definitely. podcast. Uh, but I had a good time. Not going to lie. Overall, like I enjoyed the twist. Some of the CGI took me out of it a little bit. Yeah. But mm. aside from that, the way that they build tension is so great to me. and. Sure. I think that that was the most unsettling um, and not any, because there weren't really a lot, a lot of jump scares uh, in it. But I think that the tension got me, like just staring at an open door in a dark hallway for like a minute Mm -hmm. and then just waiting to see what happens, like really just had my heart rate up. And I thought the performances were excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved the wide fishbowl shots in some of the scenes. Like I really enjoyed the cinematography um, of it all. So uh, I'm definitely happy that I watched this because uh, this will definitely be in within my top 10 of, oh, of the year, I think. Interesting. I have some more stuff to watch beforehand, but uh-huh. I feel I I really had a good time watching this. So interesting. In your top ten. I'm very so. excited to talk about that. Like really very excited to talk about that. But I also had no expectation. I just yeah, saw that a lot of people totally. were talking about it. And so I was like, oh let me watch it. And I don't know. I think I'm starting to now like uh, anticipation and tension building over jump mm-hmm. scares. Sure, sure. As far as like an overall experience of a horror movie, and so the, that it just it gave that to me, and I appreciated it. Cool. So, oh, I'm yeah. glad that you liked it so much. Yeah, That's awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. What did y'all well, watch? Um, I watched three things. Yes. <laughs> 
Uh, one I told you about via text. Uh, it is a uh, mm-hmm. Swedish slasher movie called The Conference, which is awesome. It's one yeah. of my favorite slashers of the year by far. Um, it's basically about this group of public servants who go to like a professional development retreat all while they're trying to like build a new mall in this town that doesn't want the mall. And then essentially at this retreat, they get picked off one by one. Um, it has a very high concentration of people that I can't wait to see die. And so that was super (laughs) satisfying, but it was balanced really well all those toxic people were balanced really well by like one or two um, not toxic people who you're following and you want to survive. Um, yeah. I, I thought it was really well done. I thought the kills were super unique and various um, across the spectrum. And many times I literally went like, oh my God, like the the impact was so brutal on some of them that like it really Ooh. got me. Um, okay. But it's also really fun and it makes you, it, like a lot of it is yucky in terms of how toxic their work culture is. So like you, you like... If you had watched this movie not knowing it was a slasher, you'd be like, I hate these people. Like, why am I putting myself through this movie? But mm-hmm. knowing that, like, they're all goners, you know, mm-hmm. without spoiling anything, like, that's how slasher movies work. Right, um, right. <laughs> uh, I would, it's on Netflix. I would highly suggest it. That's on my list. Oh. I'm, I'm going to, I need to watch that and Skin of a Rink um, before oh. we do. Oh, interesting. Because yeah. I wasn't counting Skin of a Rink because I watched it last year, but you can absolutely count it in yours. Well, I think well, technically oh, it, it, it released It released proper. this year properly. Yeah. I, I watched it. Exciting. I watched it when it came out Improperly. last year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's – yeah. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Um, I also watched When Evil Lurks. Oh, yeah. That's in my top ten of this year for sure. Spoilers. Okay. Spoilers. Uh, that <laughs> one. I mean, depending on what I watch over the next couple of days and weeks. Right. Um, that one was – all I'll say – I think you should watch it, Nikisha. It's on okay. Shudder. Um, the only thing I'll say about that movie is that it is the, it is the most unique horror concept I've seen in a while. Okay. Um, so I really dug that, but I'll wait wait for you there. And then um, and then it's not really a horror movie. And we'll actually have this conversation next week when we do Violent Night. Excuse me, when we do Violent Night. Um, but it was more of a home invasion type movie. I watched Fear the Night with Maggie Q. Um, okay. It was more of a like, we need to protect this home, you know, from this home invasion during a bachelorette party. Um, it was fine. <laughs> totally, totally fine. Um, uh, yeah, so those are those are the three major ones that I watched since the last time uh, since the last time we recorded. And what um, number are you on as far as new releases that you have seen this uh, year? This year, um, I am up to 45. Golly, geez. Oh, I think I made a little playlist so that I could keep track, but I'm, I am not. I am not <laughs> at 45. <laughs> oh, I was at like 19. <laughs> okay. That's still pretty and mine's good. mine's probably even less than that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've seen 45 and I'll, I'll talk through everything that I've seen. Not like give reviews, but I'll, I'll list everything I've seen on next week on, uh, not last week on our, on our end of the year episode. Um, okay. but uh, yeah, those are the ones I saw, uh, uh, two out of three ain't bad in terms of like truly, truly good stuff. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we get into Krampus? 
Let's Very excited. not cramp anyone's style and get oh. into Krampus. Hey. <laughs> and get into Krampus. All right. So we need a plot summary <laughs> of Krampus. So okay. producer Brian is going to give that to us. Watch the plot. <laughs> All right. Let's do the plot summary for Krampus. I'm ready if you're ready. I'm Woo-hoo. ready. All right. All right. Ready, set, go. All right. So it's Christmas, and this family who is made up of a uh, a teenage girl, their young son, uh, and Tony Collette as the mother and Adam Scott as the father, along with Adam Scott's um, elderly mother, who is German, uh, they are hosting Christmas. Um, they're... Uh, Tony Collette's sister and her entire family come over for Christmas. However, it's all dysfunctional. Um, we learn from the little kid who has a really good relationship with his German grandmother that, you know, Christmas hasn't been the same. The dad works a lot. Mom isn't like, you know, buying into the Christmas spirit. They all hate their cousins. Their cousins are from a different part of like walk of life they're very obnoxious um but he still believes in santa so he writes a letter to santa which his cousins end up reading out loud uh and and deeply embarrassing him at dinner um and his dad comes into his room and basically tells him like hey um uh uh no he says um don't worry we'll get through it you know you should still believe in santa anyway he rips up the letter and basically makes an anger filled wish that he wishes you know that that he doesn't believe in santa or or the christmas spirit anymore um and then what happens is <coughs> basically krampus comes and we find out that krampus is picking them off one by one and taking them away and basically giving the kid the gift of like his family going away they're all picked off um they're all trying you know the whole town disappears there's a storm um there are amazing effects um but krampus is taking them all away with like gingerbread men who are trying to kill them with elves with these creepy masks you have toys coming to life um all of this is happening um and so in the end uh they try to escape but he decides to give his own life um, to get all of his family back. And they wake up at the end, and it's Christmas, and everything is wonderful, but we find out they're stuck in a Krampus snow globe because he made the wish that he wishes Christmas was the same as it always was. So they're just living in a snow globe to repeat the Christmas over and over and over again. Um, and it's left ambiguous to, to if they know that they're in a snow globe or not. Uh, that is Krampus, more or less. More or less, miss. That's the plot. <laughs> Yeah, with a little bit of Groundhog Day sprinkled yeah. in, if that's what you, if that's what you fancy. <clears throat> Fantastic. Let's get into the first segment of likes and gripes. And now our likes and gripes. Here's my initial question: Who knows the lore of Krampus? Like, what is the story? Does anybody have? off the top idea or have you heard of it before this movie came out? I've heard of Krampus. I assumed it was some kind of like evil version of Santa, kind of like a, like a folklore of like encouraging children to be good around Christmas Mm -hmm, time mm -hmm. because otherwise like the bad version of Santa would come get you or like punish you. Yeah. 
Which is so funny to me. Like it feels like, especially our generation and probably even generations beforehand, it's like, okay, you got to be good or this is what's going to happen. And it's the most extreme thing of like, everything's going to be taken away from you if you aren't good. You know, it's very um, churchy, you know, very kind of like that kind of disciplinary like style. So what I know about, I think Krampus means claw. It's a, it's like Bavarian or German in nature. I think it's pre-Christian. So mm. it was probably used to scare children, like preview, like behave or the Krampus will get you. And then over time, like most of Christianity had like pulled in a lot of other like pagan, uh, you know, um, uh, traditions and other things like that. And this is mostly just like a, a European German, like, like, um, you know, Eastern European or, 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 excuse me, Western Eastern, like right that border um, yeah. in there. So that's my understanding of what the Krampus is. I know that they have like Krampus parades over there mm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I think in some like lore, the Krampus actually teams up with Santa Claus and they like go oh. together and like Santa Claus rewards the good children and, and Krampus, like yeah. you know, deals with the misbehaved children, something like that. But I only, to be completely honest, I only did the Krampus research like, a, you know, after we watched the movie because I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really don't know this lore at all. So when yeah. watching the movie, I did not know the lore. So I had no expectations for what Krampus was when watching the 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 movie, except for what I like basically know on the periphery, which was like, like you said, Nikisha, there to like, you know, uh, you know, get those misbehaved children. Ooh, right. <laughs> it's just it's so funny um, that you say of German or um, what, it, what other? Bavarian. Yes. Because there's a German market that comes around in Chicago every year. It's the Chris Kindle market. And it's just this outdoor market with a whole bunch of different booths uh, mm-hmm. with different Christmas ornaments, different things. But there's like a number of booths that have... Um, Krampus decorations or like you can buy Krampus dolls or like masks and and stuff. Hmm. And so I thought that that was like really funny of this very kind of horrific character intermingled into this holiday, uh, especially like in the States too now of people just kind of incorporating it. And I never heard of Krampus until like around the time this movie came out. So to the same as Jamie, it, it, all I thought of it was, was just like a, um, the mean version of Santa Claus. Sure. So it was just like, instead of, Oh, you've been bad and you get coal instead of presents. Right. Like that was mm-hmm. the only thing that I knew. And then hearing about Krampus is like, Oh, well, no, there's an actual person that will come and, you know, like, I don't know what he would do, but you know, he would just, terrify all the all the kids so it was really interesting coming in and watching this movie and seeing like what this movie presented krampus as sure so within our likes and gripes would anyone like to start on on how they felt uh about it and is this uh your first time watching it because this is my first time watching it yes we've never seen this before so this is brand new for all of us exciting uh brian (laughs) do you want to start you don't ever start Sure. So I I don't know how you, I mean, I know how Jamie felt. I don't know how you felt, but I really Mm. liked this movie a lot. Mm. Um, I was very surprised by this movie. Um, I just like really, really dug it. Uh, What I did not know is that this movie was, you know, directed by Michael Doherty, who did Trick or Treat. 
So it has a lot of those same themes uh, in terms of uh, like um, not following the rules, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, it also had the amazing practical effects. Um, but, um, uh, you know, I'll just go through some of my likes here. I thought that um, I thought of Unikisha because the Universal mm-hmm. logo was in ice. And I know your new thing is that you yep. really like, you know, Fun the logos. logos like getting you into it. Um, <laughs> That's one of my likes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the opening tone. This had a very... Uh, trick or treat meets the first 20 minutes of home alone vibe. Um, mm. and I really like that. I like the black Friday tone, um, that kind of sets up everything that's happening. You know, the juxtaposition of like the Christmas music against like people tearing their throats out. Um, and just like how Christmas has changed. Um, and, and, and that kind of like symbolically representing the family, um, I like that a Christmas Carol was on the TV to represent like somebody learning, uh, you know, uh, how to change themselves over the course of Christmas. Um, I really liked this. I, I don't know why I like this, and maybe this is a gripe <laughs> for some of you, but I like that the grandma spoke German, and but everyone understood her. Um, I thought oh, that yeah, was that funny. Didn't bother me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this cast is great. I think true. Mm. I mean, let, let's be honest, this cast probably enhances this material a, a great deal. Yes. Um, but I, I thought they were great. Um, I really felt all of the anxiety in my core, uh, during the, uh, you know, the introduction of their cousins at the beginning of this movie. Um, they felt real in a way that didn't feel exaggerated for a movie's sake, if that makes sense. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really felt like this is how somebody would potentially act around family members who they don't really love. Um, you know, uh, that aspect of things. Because I also felt like the two sisters had a, had a realistic relationship where even though they were jarring at each other and jabbing at each other, um, uh, I felt like they actually still loved each other. Um, you know, and, and, and both of them felt a little bit embarrassed for the other one and themselves. And I, I, I think that, again, I, I think that's the performances in there. Um, and, and I like that everybody's a piece of shit in their own way. Like <laughs> Adam Scott and Tony Collette are pieces of shit in their own way. Obviously it's, you're made to side more with them than the cousins who are bigger pieces of shit, but like, eh, no one's perfect in this movie. Um, I real I said, of course, this is in Pennsylvania when they <laughs> uh, yes. they made the the Steelers reference or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked once um once the uh, uh, once the Krampus like all that starts. I really liked all the little moments where they would connect, like um hmm. you know Adam Scott and the cousin in the car talking about Bing Crosby. Um, mm. You know the um. Uh, the them taught the parents when they're looking out the window saying like I miss us you know even though they're stuck in the house with no heat and they're all like really anxious and don't know what's going on it, it gives them all a moment to like slow down and like really like mm-hmm. figure out what's going on with them which feels very much like something that could happen at Christmas or with Scrooge or something like that and then the angel on the tree when the two sisters talk about like the picture that she saved of the two of them when their mom died or or whatever the case like I really like those little moments to kind of show that like you know they you know again thematic you 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 work together to you know find your you know find the commonalities among your differences and during the holiday season and all of that set against the backdrop of 
you know, being taken by the Krampus. Um, I think I really like that his Eagle Scout training came back to help. Uh, and that was something that brought the two of them together. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, I thought that the special effects in this movie, even the CGI of the gingerbread men really hold up from 2015. I mm. feel like there's a pocket of special effects, specifically CGI special effects in like the mid two thousands ish, maybe like early two thousands through mid two thousands or whatever it is that they really hold up because they're not oversaturated. Like with all this Marvel stuff where like, they're like grinding everyone to the ground, but they're not old enough that they don't really look that real. They're like, they're actually like, creating some really interesting special effects that are rendered nicely. And yes, I, we still know that they're CGI, but mm. like it, I just thought that gingerbread men hold held up, especially also because they only use the CGI when they had to use the CGI. Like you when mean the gingerbread sun- men aren't real. What? I know. I know. My I'm just God. saying, but even like it's a doll when he's biting <laughs> the head off, you know what I mean? Like, yes. and then cutting mm. back to it, but yes, they're not real. I'm sorry to, to disappoint anybody. Um, Man. I I thought the stop motion section was spectacular Mm -hmm. when they're telling the story Mm -hmm. of how the Krampus came to her and basically took her entire family. Um, Mm -hmm. um, I'm interested to see how she like lived her life, like being an orphan in some ways. Um, I really thought the Jack in the box snake was awesome. Um, I thought that the, the, the wee sounds uh, effect for Dorothy uh, being pulled out was awesome. Um, I thought the masks looked great. I thought the silliness was good. Um, I thought the dark versions of everything, just like the dark elves and all that stuff was like really, really cool. Um, mm. and, uh, I definitely teared up when they were all being picked off as they were running to the truck, when they were saying goodbye to like their mom and their kids and stuff like that. Like that definitely got me. Um, but I will also say that my expectations for this movie were that I didn't expect it to be so silly and fun with, with these like really great creatures. Um, mm. I, this is not the movie that I expected. I don't know. I think I expected something a little bit darker, a little bit like uh, more horror, a little bit more jump scares here or there, but I didn't expect such like a fun, like whimsical dark romp, if you will. Um, right. And, and I, and, and that worked for me and I recognize that that might not work for everybody, but like totally took me by surprise, really enjoyed this. Um, some of my gripes with this movie um, uh, I, I think that you can, de- uh, he's like making fun of him for being an Eagle Scout. Like, I think that's, you could defend that to the end. That's, there's like, hmm. you know, I'm glad that that came back. Cause in that moment I was like, well, defend yourself. Like exactly. being an Eagle Scout, like you learn a ton of great stuff. Um, yes. uh, that's not how addresses work, kid. Uh, that's not how you write to Santa. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this, but the grandma doesn't tell them what it is. Like she knows. And I understand that they wouldn't have believed her in that moment. And she kind of told them at the moment where a lot of them would believe her. But I, I just don't believe that she wouldn't have like said something earlier. If this was her family, I guess she's assessing the situation as everyone else. But like, that was like, come on, grandma. Like, like tell us what's happening. Come on, um, grandma. This is an interesting one, but I kind of found it hard to empathize with a post-war Germany uh, in in that in the um, the like flashback sequence. And I recognize mm. that, like, you know, 
the individuals in Germany like may have been freed from the oppression that like they had where their government was like this monstrous thing. But like, I, I just still had a hard time. Like they're like, Germany was in hard times. Like I'm, I, I get what you're doing here and I like the stop motion, but there was a little part of me that was just like, I I couldn't Mm. super empathize. Even if, even if like, she's just a little young German girl and like they were trying to get the spirit, like bring back like the spirit of Christmas during like, you know, yada, yada, yada. I I don't know. It, it just felt, it, it it just it rubbed me the wrong way just a little bit yeah, um fair. um i really wish they had more scares i do as much as i like the silly and fun i needed more like i i was just i wanted a couple more, more there more um, that should be and, our merch more more i know <laughs> more um and my my number one gripe with this movie is that the poster ruined the ending the oh. poster the poster of this movie, one of the posters of this movie oh, yeah, is right. just the Krampus claw holding a snow globe. Oh. Uh, and the second that he woke up, after he falls into that pit into hell, the second that he wakes up and it's snowing and that's like, oh, they're in a snow globe. Like I knew it from the second that, because I knew mm. the poster and I was like, yeah. I, I know exactly what's happening. So that kind of, that kind of bothered me a little bit because I would have loved to like have that reveal for work for me. Um, um, but I knew it was going to happen immediately because of that poster, um, which is a real bummer. But, you know, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, it, it gave me trick. I, I, I like trick or treat better than this movie, but it really mm-hmm. gave me trick or treat vibes for obvious reasons. It's well acted and the practical effects and the creature creations are, are really great. So um, that's my those are, those are my likes and gripes. Yeah, I want to piggyback off of that because you've said a lot of the stuff that I felt. uh, Most importantly, the expectation of going into this movie because I also thought that it would be darker and more. (laughs) Um, So, but after I figured out that that's not what this kind of movie is, then when I let go of that expectation... I started to enjoy it more for what it was mm-hmm. because this just feels like a very cutesy um, and I'll go ahead and, well, I won't spoil my suggestion, but it, it just, it is a cutesy, um, you know, kids be nice or Krampus will come type of movie like we've all stated before. And so letting go of the fact that there's not going to be a lot of gore, you're not going to see the kills, you know, um, and there's going to be more of the comedy and like the, you know, uh, crazy toys coming out and attacking you, but like in a, in a kind of funny way too. Yeah. like, um, then I was like, okay, it's fine. Uh, how long to, did it take you to get there? You know, I think it took seeing that first gingerbread that Tony Collette sees because of the CGI of it. And I was like, Hmm okay, I, I think this is not going to be what I think it's going to be. Yeah, okay, and sure. even though I wasn't a super fan of the CGI, I also thought that it didn't, it, it still fit with the overall tone and theme. Yeah. So it didn't bother me as much. And it was definitely, like you said, Brian, very 2015. Like I literally put like, it's very 2015 aesthetic of like what CGI was yeah, in totally. that time. So I can I can rock with it, you know. But if it was that kind of CGI and trying to be darker, then I really wouldn't like it. But because it was mm. like yeah, light-hearted anyway, 
then it's like, okay, well then I can go with the, what the CGI was. I did love the practical effects though. Of course that Jack in the box was fantastic. Um, I also love the opening scene of the, like you said, Brian juxtaposition of, you know, consumerism and capitalism, all this stuff, people trying to get all the stuff and then like what the holiday is supposed to be about and all that. Mm. Um, I also love the animation. That was one of my favorite parts was the stop motion uh, in this, in this movie, just because I thought it was very well done. And I was very surprised that it didn't take me out of the whole thing. It just still kind of fit very well within how they were telling the story. Um, So that was really nice. It had like a Deathly Hallows vibe to it. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and, uh, one of my favorite quotes was, I don't even know how to drive a stick. We have a hybrid. (laughs) (laughs) That was really cute. Um, to Brian's point about the acting or the actors enhancing it, I agree. Cause I definitely put, uh, that the actors did the best they could with what they were given, but I thought that their acting was very cohesive. Like, despite, you know, what the expectation was, I think how they acted, the CGI, the cinematography, like, everything still fit within the theme. So, So just to clarify, just to clarify for my own, because I want to understand what you're saying. You're saying that, like, everybody felt like they were in the same movie. Yes. Okay. Yes. I felt that way, even though I thought that maybe some of, and maybe this just has to go with what I thought the movie was going to be, but, like... Hmm. If uh, maybe it's, if the script wasn't as you know, but the actors you know did a great job with with the dialogue and what they had in, in the script, and I thought that they were all a part of the the same movie. Yeah. Um. I I think that was mm, pretty much all of my because Brian, you you said a lot of stuff that I agreed with. And like I said, when I got past, like, this movie is not going to be what I thought it was going to be as as far as being a darker horror movie, then it was like, okay, this is just fun. This is like a fun, um, you know, introduction into horror Christmas genre. It's like Mm -hmm. one of those of like, okay, you pop in like – what is that, uh, Charlie Brown, or you pop in like the little animated, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, and then the it's Rankin like, and Bass, Rudolph. and Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh-huh. then it's like, okay, well, for like the 13, 14-year-olds, it's like, and then we watch Krampus, you know? Sure, and, like sure. that's, that's our holiday setup, you know, so. Yeah, like I wish to go along with your gripe, like, and, and the one we had in common, like the Morrer one, mm-hmm. I feel like this, I liked it, but I feel like this movie played it pretty straight. Like, yes. like you knew the beats it was going to hit and it was really engaging during a lot of those beats with like the special effects and stuff like that. But it, mm-hmm. it there's something like there's a bite missing to it, if that makes sense. There's yeah. like, it, you know, it feels it like it, it feels pretty safe. It, and But I liked that. I, I, mm-hmm. I once I got into that, I liked that. But I, I, but there's something that it, it doesn't put it over the edge, if that makes sense. Like absolutely like a, like a trick or treat. Whether it's the yes. final sequence with Sam or whether it's just the one or, you know, depending on which sequence you like better in that. Obviously, this is one mm. narrative and not an anthology, um, but it definitely missed some of that. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, it kind of brings it back because when they did wake up, like I didn't think about the movie poster. So when Max did wake up and was like everyone was, you know, around the Christmas tree about to open presents and waiting for him. I was like, oh, I hope that this doesn't end happy <laughs> sure. because we've went, we've gone through so much 
it's like, I need a better ending than everything is just like back to normal. So I Mm. was, I, I think that what made me like it more was that you, you can interpret the ending however you want to interpret it of, like you said, Brian, if they know they're in a snow globe or if they are remembering what happens, especially when they're looking at the Krampus ornament that Max is, is holding. I thought that was a great scene of everyone just kind of like in their own heads, like everything coming back to them in a sense. Yeah. Um, but I, I liked that that was the ending. Cause I mean, it's, if, if we're going to take it this far and you picked off everyone, like there's no coming back from that yeah. unless you have 30 more minutes in the movie to get everybody back, you know, but yeah. there mm-hmm. wasn't. So I was happy that that was the ending. Yeah. I definitely liked the ending. Just the impact of the ending was dulled yes. for me because of that. Yeah. Oh, fair. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, that's all my likes and gripes, Jamie. Um, I wait, Brian. You said that you knew what I thought about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you think I think about this movie, it was fine. Ooh. I I think I like actually didn't like it. Oh, okay. I saw your I, letterbox I gave it two why. and a half. Yeah. Ooh. Well, way to out my letterbox one. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, but like it wasn't this at all. And I just feel like it's one of those things where like it just was not delivering on what I wanted in that particular moment. Maybe I just like wasn't in the right mood for it, but like Mm. it just didn't give me what I wanted. And maybe now that I'm thinking about it, having just rewatched Home Alone for the umpteenth time, (laughs) maybe I have a harder time blending horror and like the Christmas time movies? I don't know. Because like okay. I like Black Christmas, so maybe that's wrong. That's a wrong hypothesis. I don't know what it was about this particular movie, but like it just didn't do it for me. Sure. Um, mm. But I will say I found the puppets like super fucked. Like it, it was like very <laughs> disturbing <laughs> to look at. And again, yes, this is from somebody who is afraid of puppets, but – I hated looking at the Jack in the Box and the way that its mouth opened. I hated mm. it. And the Krampus was disgusting. It was just a terrifying open mouth that looked like it was yelling into the abyss of hell. And then its long tongue came out gross. So, like, it gets points for being disgusting and terrifying in that way because, like, this <laughs> is horror and that scares me. So good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but – I did not like the CGI. I felt like that really took me out of it. I felt like if you were going to go with like the really campy vibes of like, you know, it's it's evil toys and e- like everything that you love about Christmas is now turning on you. I It had to be scary. It had to have more horror elements. Sure. And I think that this movie really suffers from its PG-13 rating because it's way more interesting that like, Like these are, you are presenting terrifying creatures to me Mm -hmm. and I don't see a single person get killed in a satisfying way and they all just disappear. And like, I, I understand that like, they're all just ending up in like a snow globe at the end and like Krampus is just like collecting them all. But like, like to what end isn't the point to like teach a lesson? What does keeping them locked in a, in a globe do like that's fair. who's who's learning a lesson? Like what's the point? Um, so I feel like 
I feel like it would have made a greater point, like the threat of keeping the hope alive and believing in Santa, like up the ante by like murdering people in ridiculous, <laughs> gruesome ways, you know, by like, show yeah. me someone getting chomped in half. I don't want to see someone get swallowed whole. For some reason that weirds me out more, but like not in a satisfying, not in like a, like, oh, I'm really digging this horror movie. It oh, just right. makes me feel really uncomfortable. Um, mm, sure. So I didn't like that. Um, like I also don't like things unhinging there. It felt, it was just like, a, it was like watching a snake eat a mouse by unhinging yep. its jaw. And yep. like, I don't, I don't like that. I'm not, I don't like to watch that content. So like, yeah. not for me. You got, you got, you got um, uh, Deborah Logan. but that's like what I don't know that's so much more absurd and disturbing Mm -hmm. and maybe because they yoink her back out maybe because it's goopier it's way goopier goopier. yeah and like this there was no I'm like I mean I guess it's hard to be like okay jack in the box is probably not going to be super goopy because it's just like a toy but like it's also eating a a young girl whole so like give me some goop like you can if you're already going off the walls with it like up the ante like that's what i need give me that goop yeah give me the goop give me like blood gushing out of its mouth like make the teeth bloody like just be just be wild um but it like it it went to like weird extremes but not in the way that i found satisfying for me personally um and i just felt like more gwyneth paltrow goop (laughs) <laughs> maybe less of her goop in general. Um, I I also felt like a lot of people weren't really peopling in this. Like, again, mm. like you said, clearly the grandma, Omi, knows what's up. And, and for whatever reason, everybody understands German and none of them can speak it back. But they, mm-hmm. there's no way that she can just like tell them like, right from the get-go so they can prep. Instead, she is keeping the fire hot, which seems really important at first, and then it doesn't anymore. I thought that was, like, part of the rule to, like, keep them safe is to keep the fire hot so it can't yeah. go in the chimney. Oh. But then, like, once yeah. that – once once the fire goes out and she they keep the fire lit again, but at that point it doesn't matter because everything gets in the house anyway. And they, like, just barrel through windows. Like, it's not totally clear what the defense system – based on the rules it's supposed to be, I mm. thought that it was you keep the fire hot and then Krampus can't come down the chimney, which makes right. sense. But then like the whole house becomes dilapidated. So like who cares? But that mm. that seemed inconsistent. Um, but I really, I've said this before, I hate the trope when people don't communicate effectively with each other. And this seems like one of the examples of like, hey, I had this like life altering trauma when I was a child. And this seems eerily similar to that. So let me tell you about it right now. And then even if they're like, that's a wild story, which like they, they already said at the point where it shouldn't have been that wild because, uh, your child got kidnapped with a large chain and a talking gingerbread cookie, Mm -hmm. um, that like they could have ignored it and then like bad things continue to befall them. And that, that even feels more satisfying because at least she gave the warning. But again, it's just the dumb trope of like withholding information for no reason. And then it's like too late anyway. Um, I also didn't, I didn't find it satisfying that like Omi has her like goes toe to toe with Krampus to just get 
That's taken a by the toys. Taken. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Which yeah. again, you don't even see it. The cuts in this movie drive me wild. I, I like really can't get over how they cut everything. I wish, I, I mean, is there a director's cut of this movie? Because I would rewatch a director's cut. I'm, mm. I'm more interested. Like, I just want to see toys rip these kids apart. Um, I think that it's silly that the the young daughter Beth goes out um, in the when snowstorm. it's like blizzarding outside. Like that's wild to me. Um, like even if her boyfriend isn't responding, the fact that her parents let her go, like not my parents, couldn't be my parents. Like oh, no. absolutely not. Um, so that was wild. Um, I also like hate the I I. We'll talk about family dynamics and things like that, but I also just hate the like the unexpected terrible person like shows up and just like says whatever they want to say consistently and like no one ever calls them out on it. Like that aunt. Uh, no, I'm I like I couldn't I couldn't handle her. I was like, this yeah. is outrageous. She's wild. She's like, oh yeah, uh, oh I'll watch the kids. I'll teach them how I make my favorite cocktail. Like what? Like, no, maybe you go sit in front of the fire and keep it warm by, like, you know, pouring your alcohol on it. That will fuel the fire. (laughs) Like, oh, my God. I just – I couldn't stand her. And, yeah, I just – I felt like choices that people were making, everyone keeps, like, separating. It's like, why do people keep making these same dumb choices? Why are they letting young children explore a house by themselves right. in the dark like yeah. just constantly why are they putting the baby in the in the playpen by itself when there's a full on crisis happening i'm like nobody would do this nobody like either everyone's going to the bathroom at one time collectively in one big group the baby hmm. is always on the per- on the people at all times i mean they forgot the baby in the car which i also thought was just like a weird joke like it just doesn't make sense to me so much mm. of this and so much of what people are doing doesn't make sense. And I get that it's like there's a lot of tension because they're, you know, they're from different like walks of life and whatever. But like these aren't like real human people. There's nothing about them that are – that like makes them act human. And quite frankly, the things that Tony Collette's character is being criticized for, like I identify with. So I'm like am I being shamed by like – these these other family members for like wanting things to be neat and organized or like wanting to make like fun meals for like a holiday to hope when like I'm the host right. like you don't have to fucking eat my food eat I guess food. but like mm-hmm. I'm making it because you're all coming to my house and like I'm paying for it so like fuck you I just like I I it was really it all felt super grating on me like all of these mm. characters and sure. so I was really hoping that they would all just be like eaten by elves and then to not even see that happen was disappointing Mm -hmm. um and then my last thing I'll say is like I also recognize that I'm a person that doesn't like movies that like don't end positively so this is that's totally my own thing um like I'm just prefacing that but like yeah this is a movie where like you know do they really survive? Is it like a positive outcome? Like, no. And so like, that's just annoying. But like, it's also not even, they're, they all just like come to the realization at the same time and like look at each other. 
and that kind of feels like it falls flat. Like I, I don't mm-hmm. really know how it could have been even more like dismal and sad. Um, like given the context of the movie and the setup, but like, mm. I felt like that's what they were going for. But even that kind of didn't even like hit quite hard. Cause it's like, okay, now they're trapped. Like they're still alive. <laughs> they just live in the snow globe and like what they have Christmas every day. And like, Oh, sorry, your groundhog's day, Christmas snow globe life. It, like, guess that sucks. Right. I, I don't even know. It's like, they're just opening presents every day forever. Is that really that bad? It could be worse. I want it to be worse and I never want that, but it mm. didn't even give me that. Yeah. <sighs> wow. I didn't expect that. You gave it a two and a half on letterbox. I didn't expect that. I, yeah, I just really didn't. It, it was not for me. I'm kind so, I'm really bummed. And I like a lot of the people in this movie, yeah. but it just, it wasn't, I don't know. It really didn't do it for me. Um, something that you did say that I forgot to add to my gripes was, uh, this movie needed rules. Like this needed mm, like I thought real there were rules, but then Krampus it like rules. kind of fizzled out. Like, yeah. like it, the, the main rule that it seemed like was like when hope is lost or like the, when the belief is gone, yeah. then, then, then you're doomed. And it doesn't right. matter if you're like being performative, if you don't believe, then nothing can save you. Um, but mm. like, I think that's really the only rule we ended up getting because right. like, I wanted to know more about the fire that you mentioned, if that was something Yeah, like I wanted to know, like, you know, whatever they could make up other rules. I don't know. I, I think this movie, or even the like- ending with Max and like everything he was saying, because at that point it's like nothing mattered, but it did seem genuine. His like pleas for his family and being mm-hmm. like, I, like, I don't care. I just want them back. Yeah. So like, even that it's like, like when, when do, when does Krampus decide that it doesn't matter anymore? What's sure, like the like, threshold of timing? Right. Yeah. Like Krampus became like an evil genie at the end where he would just like grant <laughs> any wish that was Christmas related, you know, like, like I just needed some more Krampus rules. Um, and then, oh, and then Jamie also said, um, about the grandma Omi, um, when she wanted to face Krampus, I, that was very unclear. Was she trying to like stop him because she didn't do anything? Was she just trying to distract no, him or like, buy them time? Like, right. She's like, I see you, Mr. Krampus. And yeah, I, I see like you and your big, your big fat teeth. Um, like, <laughs> I, like I, I don't really know what she – my guess is she was just trying to like distract him or buy them time. Mm, um, I guess, but like, but like that, that wasn't, wasn't going to last very long. <laughs> yeah, that, she's like this old frail woman who like couldn't put up a fight. Um, I, right. I don't know. Um, yeah, that was interesting. I think um, she maybe it was just because she was in her old age and she was just like, I'm tired of running from this fear, so let let him just consume me. It's like okay, I'm tired of this, like, Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's too damn bad. <laughs> 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 that is Kramp- Krampus responding. That is, that is Krampus. But to your point about the rules, though, which I think is why I did like this ending, even if it, mm-hmm. there could have been a better one, of course, but it's because when Max was, like, making those pleas, I was just thinking, like, this can't be how it ends. Like, it can't just be Max is, like, 
all I wanted was this, this is my wish. And then it all happens. And it's like, everyone's like Mm -hmm. back to normal. So I think it was nice to see that Krampus was like, I don't care. Like everything is what you want. Little Right. Exactly. It's like, dump in this hole. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So I think that like was the thing that was okay. made it okay for me was that, he didn't. He ignored what Max was was trying to to say and ask sure. of. But I totally get it, Jamie. I understand, like especially if this if you feel like this is not your kind of movie. And even expectations aside, like you said, like with not having the gore, with the puppets, with how people are acting. I mean, I guess it's it is one of those movies where it's. I don't know. You you just you either like it or you don't, right? Yeah. <clears throat> like it really is just like it's either you see it mm-hmm. for like just a uh, the comedy of it all because it is considered a horror comedy and like just it being very right. surface level and not having a lot of details within the rules and stuff like that. Um, but if that is your expectation, then of course it's definitely. I can totally understand all of your points of view, Jamie. <laughs> I would also argue, no, it's okay because I would also argue (laughs) that it's actually not funny. Like, like it's considered Mm -hmm. a horror comedy, but like, what does that even mean? Because I have some quotes here that some of them don't get me wrong. There were some funny moments where I actually chuckled. Like, Mm -hmm. um, you laughed a lot. Wait, no, you laughed a lot throughout this movie. Like, (laughs) like very frequently. (laughs) Obsessed. Um, the, my, the biggest laugh in this movie that I got was when she starts speaking English to tell the story. And then the Aunt Dorothy is just like, English, I knew it. Because I, at the same moment... You was, said it out loud when she was saying it. Yeah, like I said the laugh line, so that I enjoyed. Um, where's the nog? I need to get Mary. Um, yes. You know you still believe in the big fat creeper. Hmm. But there were, but I would say that I yeah I did laugh. But statistically, the there were a lot of jokes that just like did not work. That felt very bland and not specific, and just didn't really work for me overall. Um, mm. But like I don't know, I don't think it was funny enough to be considered a comedy. Every movie needs some <laughs> laugh lines to light things. But like I don't know yeah. if this was like a straight up comedy. You know what <laughs> I mean? Not that it was. It's a horror comedy. Is that I understand like a different type right, of subgenre. Right, right. But, like, I don't think that it was I, – I, I don't know. I don't like when things are called comedies when, like, movies naturally, like I said, just need some sort of levity and you get that in humor. Um, yes. That's what I thought this movie was doing as opposed to being a comedy. But I guess that is also sure. very subjective. I get that. I mean, because, like, what, The Blackening is a horror comedy. Yes. And, like, they lean into all aspects of both. And mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, to your point, Brian, like the ratio of it all, it's like, you gotta be half and half in for the comedy and the horror. And this was more like trying to be horror and then just having lighter moments. So like the ratio of it is off of yeah. for it to really be like a true horror comedy or to see yeah, it like that way when you watch it. Cause then there are horror comedies on the other end of the spectrum where you have like <clears throat> Shaun of the Dead or mm-hmm. Tucker and Dale versus Evil, you know, where it's like totally on the other side. But also, like, 
But then there are movies like Evil Dead 2. That's a horror comedy, but like it's doing a different type of balance than this yeah. is, if that makes sense. Um, for sure. Yeah. Horror comedies are a very interesting subgenre for sure. I just have to say, I also, though, I love when Jamie doesn't like something because <laughs> your rants are just, it does my, it does my heart well. <laughs> just listening. Do you rant about the things? But they're all va- they're all valid points. Like yeah. I can absolutely see everything that you're saying uh, as far as it, within this movie. But it really is just a matter of like you you either like it or you don't. But the, yeah. those points are all valid. Yeah. I also I also think you know in listening to you and and and, and your gripes as well, Nikisha. Like I also recognize <clears throat> that I, I I'm not like defending my like of this or anything like that. Yeah. But. I definitely think that I'm usually more won over and I can ignore other things with movies that have like really fun, like character practical effects. But like, Mm. that's not like, I liked five nights at Freddy's more than both of you did. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think I was more won over by the animatronics and that, even though we all loved them to me, that allowed me to like rate the movie higher, even though I recognize that this one and that one, like are fine movies. I I, yeah. I I just like that shiny object in the movie, which is the practical mm. like puppet effects. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That's the thing too. No, that absolutely makes sense because you everyone has that thing that will suspend the disbelief of everything else that's yeah, happening. Yeah, totally. Right? Mm-hmm. So like if you're down for the animatronics and anything else that might not make sense, you're like, okay, I recognize it might not, but I'm still living in the world because I'm still enjoying like this stuff. You know, what's mm-hmm. yours? What are your two things? What is something in a horror movie? That you can that you love and love seeing so much that you can suspend the disbelief of many other things plot wise. <laughs> you know, mm. it's it's gore for me. If it's disgusting and <laughs> yucky and blood everywhere and you know, insides on the outside, but it makes no sense, I'm still gonna have a good time, which is why I love the Saw movies. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So that's your that's your shiny object or your bloody that's object? That's my shiny object. Yeah. Yes. What about you, Jamie? Jamie. <laughs> oh my god. I I don't know. Um uh, This is a hard question. But a it great question. Cuz I feel like Hmm. Even if there's something, even if there's an element of something that isn't grounded in reality, I still feel like people, the way that people act is just like so contingent on me being able to like keep going with a movie. It doesn't matter if there's like vampires or like whatever, whatever, but like, like I just need there to be some basis for like people making certain decisions that like seems like it makes sense. Also telekinesis characters. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. But that makes sense, Jamie. Also just based like purely based on like you being a therapist. So like you need people to people. And that absolutely I, yeah. makes sense. Even like even if the premise itself because it's like how am I supposed to you know believe that in this crazy scenario that mm-hmm. like like where does the fear and the horror come in? It has mm-hmm. to come from, for me, it has to come from like the people. And if, I, if they are not mm. acting in a way that like seems real, then the whole thing I think takes me out of it. Yeah. That's so interesting, but I think that's yeah. great. 
Great question, Brian. That's fun, fun times. Thank you. Great Thank question, you. great question. Well, that's the end of our episode. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Well, we have more questions for Jamie. So let's get into our next section of mm, brains. Mm. No brains here, but they're still tasty. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Jamie, I have one long question for you, but I would like your opinion um, on the fact that do you believe that people should be inclusive of family members, even if they're not so good people, or do you think that it is healthy to remove toxic people in your life, regardless of if they even are family members? I love this question and fuck those toxic people. Um, I know just that's because right. you are <laughs> just because you are uh, biologically related to somebody does mm-hmm. not give them the free pass to treat you like shit. Um, mm. Like that does not make a relationship because if they weren't biologically related to you, you would not have a relationship with them. So if that is the mm. thing that ties you to them, like keeps you like allowing them in your life. I I, like, think about that in that way. Like if I was not related to this person, would I continue to have any relationship with them? If they've been saying this wild stuff to me or acting this way to me and like they were a friend, they would no longer be my friend. Um, Yeah, that's great. And I know like, again, easier said than done, but I think like, I think that's a good place to start is just recognizing like that, there is somebody problematic in your life. And like, if, if they did not hold this particular type of relationship to you, that they probably wouldn't be in your life. So that being said, like, are there ways to slowly, you know, disentangle yourself from these people in your life? Yeah. And it also depends on like what kind of relationship you feel like you want or need with them. Like Mm, if you, mm -hmm. if you are expecting them to treat you differently you might not find that outcome because what control do you have over like how they treat treat you versus how you like act and and treat yourself ultimately like you can't stop them from saying the the things that they're saying to you you can't prevent them from like treating you certain ways all you can do is like focus on protecting yourself so mm-hmm. like you know there's one there's one technique that I really like that works well for folks that present with some narcissistic tendencies. I think we talked about it once before. Um, yeah. And it's called uh, gray rocking. Um, and it works well for people who are trying to like get a reaction out of you. And the goal is to be as boring as a rock. Just like act like, you know, totally non-response, like emotionally non-responsive, like you're not giving them any of that attention. You're just like Mm -hmm. one word answers, boring. Like the goal is to make them bored and so that they lose interest. And that's like one way to kind of like set a boundary around like you don't owe this person like your emotions. You don't owe this person, you know, your energy in that way. Like, like, you know, shut that stuff down so that they can grow bored and, and move on to the next thing. Um, you might have to like up the ante. You might have to like explicitly like communicate or remove yourself from their presence. And again, like this is about protecting yourself and your well-being. And ultimately, if you do feel like you need to keep a relationship with somebody for whatever reason, and like this is not me telling you that you should not have it, but 
like thinking about um, – oh, my God. Am I losing my train of thought as I was saying it? No. Oh, no. Where did the, where did the thought <laughs> oh, go? Oh, no. Bring it back. Brain. Brain, what were you going to say? It was going to be so good. Oh, resentment. Oh. That's what I was going to talk about. Um, woo. Um, that like allowing people to be in your life with no restrictions, like no boundaries, and they're like toxic and taking advantage and just like causing harm. Like all that does is breeds so much resentment to the point where like you are not going to want that person in your life. So if you're trying mm. to salvage the relationship – boundaries are really the answer. Like that enacting boundaries is what prevents resentment from building in relationships. If things are happening that are, are hurting you in a relationship. And I don't mean like physical harm. I mean, like if somebody is just treating you poorly and like, like that can potentially like look like physical harm. Um, but which is also like kind of its own thing. Um, Mm -hmm. but like if you're constantly like dealing with this like toxic, energy and like, like very dramatic and over the top, like we saw in the movie, like, you know, it is okay to say like, you can't talk to me that way. And yes, setting up the boundary protects those relationships. And ultimately if somebody is not being responsive to your boundary, again, are they even somebody that you like want to continue to have a relationship with in your life? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So how would you, Jamie, if you've reached the point of people are not respecting your boundaries in that way, how would you communicate with them? And, and, um, fuck you, you stink, go away, (laughs) you're a butthole. Um, no, I mean, like, I think there's different ways that you can call it out depending on how you feel comfortable. My favorite Mm -hmm. one that, um, that the past therapist told me about is when somebody says something and you're kind of like, this person saying something really fucked up right now. One mm. great way to kind of assess what's going on is ask them, what do you mean by that? Because you're not putting anything on, on them in that, in that moment. You're asking them to provide clarity. Maybe you mistook what they said for something else. Maybe the thing that they were trying to say got miscommunicated and they said it wrong. And this is their opportunity to try again. Maybe they double down on it and you're like, oh, you did say the really fucked up thing that I thought you said. Right, right. But like, I love that as kind of like a way to hold somebody accountable and like let them either fix it or dig themselves deeper in a hole where they're like really emphatically like identifying the type of person that they are um, Mm -hmm. before you necessarily feel like you have to go to like, okay, so like, that's not appropriate. But that is usually what I would say is like the next the next phase if they clarify what they said and it's just as bad as you thought it was. It's like, okay, so like that's really inappropriate. Like I don't feel comfortable having this conversation with you. I'm like I'm going to walk away from this. And right. if for whatever reason they are, you know, persistent and like really trying to engage with you, like you can walk away. Like there is nothing compelling you to like stay in that space with somebody if somebody's, you know, doing something that is not okay for you, that is crossing right. a boundary for you. Um, you know, if yeah. you need a support system to have that conversation with, if there's other people in your life that you're like, hey, I just want you to like be in this room when I have this conversation or like mm-hmm. I want you to be in the house or I need you to be in the car like ready to go because if this doesn't go well, then like I need to leave. Um, like you can absolutely do things like that. Like 
there are other people that you can lean on and it doesn't have to be, you know, these people who are toxic or like family, like your chosen family is just, if not more valuable, because like, those are the people that have shown to be incredibly supportive and always there for you. So like, don't, don't hesitate to reach out for help from them because like, that's what they're there for. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's great. Especially the asking for clarity of what do you mean? What did you mean yeah. by that? Or whatever, what you know, like, by that? what do you mean? I think that's very helpful. Uh, thank you for question. that. Yeah. That's all I have for mm, brains. Uh, Brian, did you have anything? Are you good? Uh, I had a question for you, Nikisha. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> many, uh, many horror movies usually have a group of people. Um, who have different relationships with each other. So, you know, each person has a different, you know, backstory with the other one, and that informs their relationship. This is a really good example. There are a lot of people in this uh, who mm. have a lot of backstory, um, you know, how their relationships are, how they were, how they formed, and all of that. And it all comes out in this one night of kind of dysfunction, of high emotion. Um, I guess as an actress... Like taking this on and, you know, if you're in the Tony Collette role, you have many different relationships uh, with everybody. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Adam Scott, the, how would you take a script? How would you, you know, take that in and convey that and make sure that kind of every relationship was unique and lived in? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, a lot great of question, actors great have question. great question. Great question. Yes. <laughs> A lot of actors have their own sets of like background questions that they always go through with any script that they have to just kind of build their own character and their backstory, their memories, their lives, just to help inform like what's happening uh, within the movie, within the script, within the time frame that the movie or TV show takes place, right? And so I think the first thing is really just um, finding the answers within the script so like if I were to do Tony Collette's character, it's like, okay, well, how she talks to her sister gives some information of how the relationship is. So then you're just filling in the blanks from there, right? And so it's like, okay, well, why do they talk to each other in that way? Like what happened? Like did her sister take a Christmas toy of hers when she was 10 years old, you know, and she's mm-hmm. been resentful ever since, you know, and just stuff like that to kind of build more um, background so that you can be informed of like what's going on. Or even with Tony Collette and the brother-in-law, it's like, oh, well, did he say something inappropriate to her at, at some point? And that's why she's so like standoffish with him, or maybe he'd said something rude to her kids, you know, and that's, and so now she knows to approach him in a specific way based mm-hmm. on that past uh, uh, information. Uh, so I think that it's really good to just always have first take what the script is giving you and write down all of those details uh, that inform you about who you are and who those relationships are. Just as simple as this is my stepbrother, this is my aunt, this is my sister, and mm-hmm. then you know other things. But um, there's an actors on uh, actors that's really fun to listen to. It's Killian Murphy and Margot Robbie because of course Oppenheimer and Barbie came out this year, and they talk about. Uh, how they get ready for their scripts. And Margot Robbie was just talking about how she is a very detailed person in a sense of creating the character literally like from their youth up until where they are within the movie so that she has as much information as possible. 
And just throw in something uh, fun there in that Actors on Actors, because it was Barbie, she was having a hard time because Barbie doesn't have a background. Barbie is just a, a, sure. a toy, right? Mm. And so trying to play her that doesn't have any memories, so that doesn't inform any emotions, that doesn't inform how she moves about through life was really hard. Um, but the director, um, wow, her name is slipping my Greta brain. Greta Gerwig. Thank you. Uh handed her this uh, podcast of a woman who grew up with some type of thing that she doesn't like experience emotions and she lives her life and she just like goes through it and she doesn't experience any type of like emotion toward anything. And so like listening Mm -hmm. to that podcast really informed Margot, Margot Robbie on how to play Barbie because like, she kind of sure. doesn't have those kinds of things until circumstances bring those emotions about. Right, and she's right. figuring out those emotions, right? Spoiler, but not spoiler for the movie. Like Barbie is figuring out those emotions throughout the movie. And it's like, this is mm-hmm. what anxiety is. This is what sadness is like, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Um, so anyway, all that to say, I think that it's really nice to just first look at the script and get that information and then connecting the dots, filling in the blanks from there to give yourself more background information so that you are informed of how you, um, are talking to different characters, uh, especially cool. within that family dynamic. Awesome. Oh, yeah. All right. Should we rotten tomato this? Let's rotten do tomaten. some rotten tomato. <laughs> All right. What do you think mm-hmm. that this movie has on rotten? T- oh, wait, before we do rotten tomatoes, um, there is a director's cut of this movie called Krampus, the naughty cut. However, it's only a couple of minutes longer and it just adds in more like family conversations that were cut oh, as opposed boring. to anything else. <laughs> um, all right. So what do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Well, if I mean, Peacock tells you the, the score, so I don't think I can play. Oh, oh it did? Oh, I didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, um, you hover over it. It tells you the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 69. Nice. 66. Ooh. Oh, I was close. Okay. You were yeah. very close. Um, Krampus Not is nice. a gory, good fun. Uh, excuse me. Krampus is gory, <laughs> good fun for fans of non-traditional holiday horror with a fondness for Joe Dante's B-movie classics, even if it doesn't have quite the savage bite its concept calls for. Bite. Where's the bite? Yeah, I don't even know if I would call this gory. Krampus it's is... It's not gory. No, it's, that's it's a poor specifically not that at all. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, all right, what do you think this has out of five on Letterboxd? Average viewers uh, rated this what out of five? Five. 2.8. Jamie? 3.2. It is a 2.9. Oh. Wow. Well done. Cool. Um, <laughs> fantastic. Should we do the four S's? Yes. Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> Right. The four S's are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Um, we are going to rank them one through ten. Um, ten being great, one being not so great. Um, let's start with skulls, which is um, uh, human health and... Me- no, 
mental health and human behavior. Then scares is how scary was it and shakes how much can you shake it off? Will this last with you? So, Jamie, let's start with you. Let's start with you and Skulls. <laughs> for Skulls, I gave this a five uh, for for being mediocrely Scully. That's more than I thought you were going to give. I know, me too. <laughs> like, I mean, I feel... I know I talked up a big game, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I feel like the other characters like are are puppets and things, and like you know they count, and they're doing exactly what I want them to be doing, which is <laughs> causing chaos, biting humans. Yes, yes. Sure. unexpected <laughs> twist on the skulls category, right? Um, <laughs> Scares? Uh, For scares, I gave this a one. I just didn't find this scary at all. Um, I I think that they cut the horror with, like, humor too much. And so, like, it really just – there was no, like, jump scare. There was nothing. Yeah. It gets a one for the disturbing Jack-in-the-box's mouth unhinging. Sure. Mm. And then shakes? Um, For shakes, I gave this a three. Uh, I won't forget the – I, I gave it one for the disturbing Jack in the Box, one for the disturbing Krampus face, and one for the uh, disgusting tongues. <laughs> cool. Fantastic. Uh, Nikisha, what about you? Um, I <laughs> gave this a four for Skulls. Uh, <laughs> 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 but it was Great. it's like all the stuff that Jamie said, but the reason – and and I thought I was giving it a higher score because I thought Jamie was going to give it like a one. I know. But I gave it a four because <laughs> I, I thought. Wrong? Should I no, go back? No, no, no. You did no, it no, exactly no. how you're supposed to do. Um, <laughs> but I gave it a four because I'm like, the family dynamic makes sense to me. So that's where all the I gave the points to because that's definitely how some families are. And hmm. that's what some people have to deal with during the holidays. So that, I gave that a four. Scares, I also gave it a one because uh, it's not scary at all. Uh, and then Shakes, even though I liked this movie, I gave it a two because I don't have to watch this again, but I enjoyed my time watching it. So, yeah. Great. Um, I gave this a five for Skulls um, because I thought that uh, I agree with Nikisha in terms of like the family dynamic and stuff. And, and I gave it five for those moments, even though they didn't people in some some moments, um, the connections that they made during the the Krampusness of it all. Um, I, mm-hmm. I like. Um, I same as you. I gave it a one for for scares, um, and for shakes, I gave it a six. Um, and I don't know if it's made my like every you know holiday season we watch Krampus at all. Um, but I you know again my shiny object is puppets and like really well done practical effects. Um, so I was very into that. So that that's my six. Um, Nice. Uh, let's go with suggestions. Nikisha, you almost, you almost alluded to yours earlier. What, what's your suggestion? I did. My suggestion is Haunted Mansion because that's what it felt like to me. Interesting. Like the whole vibe of it's fun scary, like Disney scary, but not scary. Like the Eddie Murphy not so scary one person. or the new one? The Eddie Murphy one. Hmm. Yeah. I haven't seen the new one, but the Eddie Murphy one. So it just yeah. felt like when I got a sense of it being that kind of vibe, then I was like, oh, okay, now I'm, I'm here for the ride because it's not sure. going to be dark. It's not going to be dark comedy. So, yeah. Jamie? Um, I 
went just with a movie that I like more. Uh, <laughs> that's a Christmas movie. Not really horror. Unless you think about the third act a little bit. But I went with Home Alone. I just have Home I'm Alone dead. in my brain. <laughs> you might not be dead, but those two should have been dead 20 times over in yep. that film. And that's pretty horrifying. That is horrifying. Actually, you know, there's a TikTok video going around of if Home Alone was a horror movie. And so they do a whole trailer to make it seem like it's a horror movie mm. instead. It's hilarious. I love that. Yes. Um, uh, I've never seen it, but apparently a Christmas horror story is an anthology of Christmas horror uh, segments <laughs> uh, where like Santa Claus fights the Krampus. It's supposed to be, it was straight to video. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be wild. Um, mm. I, I'll definitely okay. check that out. Um, also, um, it's next week's episode, but I really, spoiler alert, I really like Violent Night. Um, mm. Just mm. another like, you know, wild Christmas film. Um, also another one, Anna and the Apocalypse. We did it last year. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just a, it's a, a fun, that one, that one you just like, I feel like that one you just like give in to the premise much earlier than you do Krampus yes. because it's mm-hmm. a musical. Um, sure. But uh, yeah. And so funny that it was just like, it just, everything just happened on Christmas, but there was like nothing else Christmas related. Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. It was fun times. Okay. Uh, That wraps up our episode of Krampus. You can follow us on all the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at TalkHorrorPod. P-O-D. And Brian, where can they listen to us? You can listen to us wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. Hi, YouTube. Um, You know, you find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank you. Thank you. Fantastic. Do you have a quote, Brian, that you want to end with? Yeah, I think I'd like to end with... um, Where's the nog? I need to get Mary. Absolutely. Oh, God. Cheers. Cheers to that. Cheers <laughs> to that. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.